Hello and welcome to the November edition of the Xcoders Community Podcast. I'm Jared Sorge. And I'm Liz Marley. And this month, we are going to talk about last month a little bit and our uh, our anniversary party at Xcoders, uh, preview November, and we got a couple couple other things going on. So Liz, how was, uh, how was the anniversary for you? Uh, that was awesome. We had a, we had a really good turnout. We had a good mix of people who have, I would consider regulars over the last few years. Some people I've never seen there, but they apparently used to be regulars. And we've had at least one person who was brand new to Xcoders. That's super cool. Yeah, we, I, I really loved the panel that we had. It was a lot of uh, great histor- historical conte- context, um, some great stories, and Olaf made stickers. I was not expecting the stickers. Yeah, that was, I would say that was the icing on the cake, but there was also literal icing on literal <laughs> on cupcakes. cupcakes. Yeah, yeah. And that was just <laughs> such a fun event. Mm-hmm. Not to set a precedent. We're we're not committing to food in future Xcoders events. Yeah, absolutely uh, not. That's one of our tent poles. Usually, is that we don't serve food. So right, but but these cupcakes were a gift, and we we graciously do accept and honor that gift. We honor the cupcakes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, um, it was a lot of fun, and uh, it was really cool. We we had so many people actually travel. Like Jake on our panel traveled from from California to come and and be with us, and it's it's amazing to see the impact that Xcoders has made on so many people over the years. Yeah, it was it was really good, and I would I would tell you to go listen to the recording, but there was none. You, we didn't you really it. had to be there. Yep. It would have been a logistical nightmare to record that thing because we had the four speakers, then each of us had a mic, and there was only three mics at Zoo Lily. Yeah, that wouldn't have worked. No, no. But don't let not being there last month dissuade you from coming next month. So Absolutely. if you haven't been, please come come and, and say hi. Yeah, every every session of Xcoders is a good session to be your first. We, yeah, sure. we always welcome new folks um, and brand new speakers. That was another cool thing about this event is Xcoders was one of the first places I gave technical talks. And now I can also say it's the first place that I have emceed a panel. Yeah, me too. That was kind of nerve wracking. I wasn't exactly sure how it was going to go, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm glad to have had that experience in front of such a friendly, welcoming crowd. Would you do it again, MC a panel? I think I would. I I hope I've learned something about the kind of preparing I want to do for it. I I had a few questions on my phone, but then I got really self conscious about looking at my phone mm-hmm. while we were MCing. Um, so I wish I'd written them on paper so it would be clearer to people that I wasn't like reading Twitter while I was emceeing a panel or something. (laughs) 
Yeah, that'd be awkward. I'm just checking my tweets. What are you guys talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then Uh, this month in November, we have a talk coming up in Seattle from Jeff Watkins. Uh, I think it's titled something like, I was wrong, I'm so sorry, which I'm fascinated by. Yeah. He was originally scheduled for September as a warm-up for his Pragma conference talk, I believe it was. Uh, but he had to delay it, and it turned out that he was just using that conference as a warm-up for Xcoders. Well, yeah, because we're, we're the crowd that counts. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've I've seen a few of Jeff's talks, and I appreciate how thoughtful he is about the... the bigger picture of what it means to be a developer, that um, it's not just about who can write the most efficient algorithms or even who can write the prettiest code, but that our code can have really big impacts on society at large, whether it's used by governments or not. our code and the way we treat our coworkers can really have big effects on diversity and inclusion. And I don't know if he's going to talk about those kinds of topics this time or not, but I am sure whatever he has to say will be very thoughtful. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I know he's had one or two talks at Xcoders that's up on our Vimeo site uh, dealing with more of those soft topics. Um, but he's really great at talking about all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. So you just got back. You're a jet setter. Ha. Where'd you yeah, go? Yeah, I've, I've been on, I was on six airplanes in two weeks. I took two weeks of vacation, stepped away from my computer, and went to visit my cousin in Europe for... Um, just because. Wow. That's really cool. Whereabouts in Europe did you go? We started out in, okay, so my cousin gets all the credit for being the wise tour guide travel planner. She said, you are visiting in the middle of October. I live near Paris. It is cold and rainy. That will be dumb. (laughs) She's, She's also a Seattleite, so... You know, she knows what weather I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. She said, we will, we will go to Nice and we will go to Lisbon. And Nice is on the Mediterranean. So I had four days there getting some French culture in and some... There wasn't a ton of sunbathing, though I did jump in the Mediterranean once to say, <laughs> yes, I've done it. Um, there were some crazy, crazy rainstorms, like really? causing basically flash flooding coming through town, which is apparently really common in Nice in the fall. But we we stepped outside and got an entire rainstorm in five minutes. It was oh. ridiculous. Wow. Um, lightning, thunder, wind. Um, so I could sit on the balcony and watch the palm trees just 
flailing back and forth. Um, that sounds like fun. It was. And then we went to Lisbon and had some of the most amazing food either of us have ever eaten. And, you know, France is famous for its cuisine, but really, Portugal. That's where you should go to eat. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm going to admit some mild ignorance. I didn't realize that Lisbon was in Portugal. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, no, I'm admitting minor ignorance and I'm not sure if it's the capital or not, but it's <laughs> it's in Portugal on the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's very cool. So did you take any of your technology with you or did you leave it all behind? I took my phone. I took my Kindle. I have like a... a what do you call it? E-ink Kindle, because I find that really comfortable for reading. Um, and I took a KeepGo hotspot, which is like, it's basically a SIM card company that will make sure that wherever you go in the world, they will connect you to some network and you will have data for your phone or your Kindle or your whatever other thing you want to connect to your hotspot. And so I used it in Tokyo earlier this year and it was just worked great. And so I took my little pocket Wi-Fi again and um, it was a little glitchy. Like I had to restart it every time I landed in a new region. But other than that, it was pretty handy. I didn't have to mess with swapping SIM cards or anything. What was it like being without laptop or writing code for that long? Do you remember how to, you know, do your job and things? I I don't know. I'm <laughs> not back to work until Monday. <laughs> uh, as we're recording this on Saturday, I just got back two days ago. Um, yeah, I, I kept up on Twitter and Slack a little bit. Just, you know, see what people were talking about. But I found like like hmm, I don't care I don't care what you're <laughs> dealing with a WK web view or a, I don't remember <laughs> what the other topics were but yeah I think it was this is the longest vacation I've taken and I mean I was without a computer I was without a laptop I don't feel like I was without a computer I was still able to email people. Um, I think I, I provided some copy edits on a PDF for something I was working on for a friend. I, you know, I was reading entire books, downloading them, checking them out from the Seattle Library. <laughs> so on I was. Another continent. Yeah, I, we were hailing rides. I apologize. We had to take Uber and not Lyft because I don't think I'm Lyft horrified. Was, works in those countries yet. <laughs> it's Sorry. true. Sorry. Please, please. No, it's our you know. fault. Yeah, it, it's all your fault. Yep. Mm -hmm. I, take uh, I take the blame for that. Yeah. It's not my you fault. Personally. It, um, you know, navigating around 
doing our trip planning on the fly, I think there were a couple situations where we could have bought our bus passes or our uh, museum passes online on our way to the museums and saved some lines, but we didn't quite figure that part out. Uh, so, like, did you ride any rails? Really, any uh, yeah, we rode the Metro in Paris and um, we rode a train from Lisbon out to Sintra, which is like, I don't know, it's like the Beverly Hills of the 19, early 1900s for Lisbon. They, okay. This is where like all the giant palaces and castles got built. Because, cool. I don't know, the weather was better there than in Lisbon or something. So there are these ridiculous houses that you can go tour. And it was really cool. It was it was really striking to me just how much the internet in our pocket that Steve Jobs talked about when he announced the iPhone, like just how much that has changed the way we can live and move about the world. And I felt so free to just show up and figure, okay, we'll find somewhere for dinner. We'll find somewhere to buy groceries, something to do tomorrow. We'll figure it out. And yeah, that's really cool. It totally worked that way. It's amazing how much the phones in our pockets have changed our lives in all manners. Like it's crazy. The phone, they're not even phones anymore. Like they're, they're computers that can do communication through any number of ways, but they're not like primarily phones. Yeah. In fact, the one thing I did not use my iPhone for on the strip was phone, phone calls. calls. <laughs> yeah, absolutely none. And you got one of the new iPhone 11 Pros, right? Yeah, it came in green, so I had to. But I had fun <laughs> taking a few uh, night photos and stuff. I was going to ask Maybe you how I the can... camera was. How the camera was? Yeah, um, being able to zoom like into 2x and out to 0.5, and having night mode and stuff. It was just that much more flexible it was a really good travel camera i think you know probably for the last decade or so people have certainly the last five years people have started saying like well should i take my you know five pound digital slr with me or can i get away with taking iphone photos and i think by now, the answer is really that for most people, most of the time, if you are not getting paid for the photos you are taking, just take your iPhone, grab the, you know, the selfies and the silly moments and sure, some amazing scenery as well. And that's going to capture your memories really really nicely yeah the main reason i think you would need for the big glass cameras is if you need 
a lens that can get you farther than the iPhone can. Really, that's about it. Which is pretty stunning. Like, and, just and not an having... Oh, yeah, it's amazing. And not having all that weight and all that, like, worrying about, oh, what if, you know, my camera gear gets stolen or I don't know. Just didn't seem worth it to me. Yeah, I've got I've got a big glass camera that I really like. It's not a DSLR. It's one of the Sony full frame mirrorless, but it still weighs a decent amount, and I don't take it out as much as I'd probably like to. Um, usually my subjects are my kids, and so you need to be really good with those cameras to actually like get focus and get a good shot, and my kids are not willing to sit still that long. <laughs> and And the best moments to capture with your kids are probably the moments when they're not sitting still. When they're they can be, yeah. Themselves. I took it out for Halloween and was able to get a couple good shots. Um, and that's really the most I can hope for generally. But I really want to use it more. I just don't have as many opportunities where I can like actually focus on composing my shot and that kind of thing because the kids are bolting from you after five seconds of fiddling with a setting or something. So yeah, all around, it was a really good trip, and the technology I did take with me was really, really well suited to the task, and it was great not to tow around anything bigger or heavier than... Mm -hmm. One last question about the iPhone for you is, how did the battery perform? Did you have to charge it up during the day, or was the enhanced battery enough to get you through? I think there was one day where I grabbed my external battery and plugged my phone into it. I don't remember what it was about that day. I may have just been cautious because, like, if my phone had completely died, it could have made things really tricky trying to figure out how to get back to my um, the place I was staying every night without that. But... It was more of a precaution. The the little Wi-Fi hotspot I was carrying around, that thing chewed through its own battery and then into my <laughs> external battery several times. Yeah, that makes sense. It's always running a cell radio, and that's one of the most battery-expensive operations you can do on a phone or a little device like that. True, and my phone was in airplane mode the whole time because oh, there was no okay. cell tower for it to talk to yeah interesting have yeah, that would save your battery but... too mm -hmm. cool so i'm not sure it was a fair test but it was really good for the job from what i could see yeah i'm, I'm holding off till the iphone 2020 or probably the 12 pro i guess is what they're going to call it next year <laughs> so uh, Every time we think we know their naming conventions, I know changes again. Well, I've, they painted themselves in a the corner with the X. The Roman numeral was not going to give a long line of naming possibilities. So yeah, we should go back to what 2001 and tell them that that was a bad plan. <laughs> well, they've milked it out of macOS for a long time. 
but and that's been okay but yeah i think i think the iphone 10 name was they they could have done better than that but they have a, a fascination with the roman numeral 10 whatever yeah it it is what it is and now we've moved on so yeah speaking of moving on i just yeah. spent 2 weeks without a laptop without code <laughs> I, I need to like get warmed back up again. I saw I saw you tweeting some interesting stuff this week about mm -hmm. scripting with Swift. Do you want to tell me about that? Help me remember what this code thing is that I do every day. So Swift is a programming language that lets you tell computers to do things. Uh, Whoa! <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's been. I, I was looking at my website yesterday. And it had been a while since I'd posted. And I kind of go on these like random long outage periods, which, which aren't intentional. It's just that like I'm not working on anything at the moment that I could write about in an interesting way and generic enough that could make it uh, work for other people. Like if I'm steeped in Lyft specific things or a client project or whatever, I, I'm not going to. Uh, write about those specific things. So anyway, sure. um, a couple of folks had posted yesterday that they wanted to uh, write to their website every day for the month of November. And I, I want to get back into the swing of writing on my website. And one of the friction points in posting was around actually publishing um, because it's a git based system that I have that I've put together um, my process initially I had set up a git a github webhook where when I push to the remote it kicks off a thing to call my server which then does a pull and that brings in the new post and that worked some but on my server, the webhook was some Python web server that I didn't understand how it worked, and it would just die on me. And I wasn't sure how to troubleshoot that. So I decided to go about it another way and write a script on my computer where I could just run a command. It will commit the new post, push it to the remote, and then SSH into my server, and then pull it down uh, through Git. And I... Do you follow? I think I follow all that. <laughs> I almost of, wish I had an OmniGraffle diagram of it. It's kind of a Rube Goldberg machine, um, but it's it it's a linear operation, which is helpful. So on my yeah. on my computer, um, I write the post, and then I have this script which will commit it, push it to GitHub and then SSH into my server, and then pull it from GitHub. Does that make sense? Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. All of so that sounds like probably a couple shell commands, mostly? Essentially, but I'm not as familiar with shell scripting. And so I turn to the tool that I know, which is Swift, and there's a Swift package called Swift SH, which lets you create a script in Swift and execute it at the shell. So you would do, the command would be Swift 
uh, sh and then the path to your script. And under the hood, what it does is it gets all of your dependencies because you can have uh, dependencies that it will it will download and create like this invisible Swift package and then execute that package. Does that make sense? I think so. I've done some basic scripting in Swift where mm -hmm. it's just all in the one file and the only thing you need to do is put the shebang command mm -hmm. at the top so that mm -hmm. you can write from a command line. I hadn't messed around with having dependencies, so that's cool yeah, to know you cool. can I've do used that. It, this and another tool called Marathon, which is written by John Sundell. Uh, Marathon seemed a bit more fiddly to me than Swift SH does. Um, but I've I really liked it, mostly because it's easy for me to write Swift. Um, mm -hmm. And I pulled in a dependency from John Sundell called Shell Out, which will handle all the terminal or the, the shell interaction. Um, nice. So it's really just like a five-line script that I can, I'll put a link to in the notes if people are interested. But it, it turned out pretty nicely, actually. So it's... I'm going to pull it up here because I don't remember all the commands. It's <laughs> like, yeah, it is four lines. It does the git add anything in the new text bundle. It makes the commit. It pushes. And then it remotes into my server through SSH, uh, changes the directory to my website, and does a fetch and pull. And that's it. That's that was really pretty straightforward. Cool. Yeah. What's interesting about Swift scripting is it's it's not scripting like Ruby or Python or the or Shell because you still have to compile the Swift into an executable and then run the executable, whereas uh, those other languages are all just interpreted as far as I understand, so you can do them really really fast. So mm -hmm. with with the Swift, it, there is a mild compilation hit the first time, but in subsequent runs, it's lightning fast okay i think when i did swift scripting the shebang command user bin swift is running the REPL, so that oh. okay i don't know if that changes it so that it's really i think at that point it's more interpreted or or it's recompiled every time you run it? I don't know. <laughs> Probably not recompiled. Uh, if there aren't any changes to the script, then it, at least the Swift SH tool will run it really quickly every time. It'll only have to uh, recompile if there are changes, if there's new dependency or you've made changes to your script because it is spitting out an executable at the other end, as far as I can understand. Right. I, d I don't think that executable was getting generated when I ran it. But you know what? I'm, I'm, I don't remember all the details. Probably <laughs> somebody will show up at Xcoders in November and be like, hey, I listened to your podcast and here's what was actually going on. If there's a better way to do it, I'm all ears. I'm not yeah, generally I'll... wanting to learn a new language necessarily. Um yeah. I've tried learning some Ruby. I've written a little bit of Ruby. I've written a little bit of Python. I've written some shell. 
But if it's not something I'm doing all the time, it's not going to stick. Whereas Swift sticks because I'm in Swift all the time. Yeah, I I absolutely agree with um, use the tool you know, and um, even if it's not the most idiomatic tool for the job, until you've got a you know a whole team of people who have to agree on tools, you're just maintaining your blog. Do right. What's easy for you. So so what I'm hearing is that now it's really really easy for you to post to your blog. It is a lot easier. And actually, one of my goals for the, the blog project, um, I picked the file format of text bundle, which is an actual package that contains a markdown file, uh, a JSON metadata file, and an assets directory. And it all gets bundled up in one file. And part of my aspiration when I was creating it was to also create a text bundle editor and... Uh, tools that would help me to easier publish to the site. So now that I have this script, like I could, I'm hoping maybe the next week or two, I could make like a menu bar app that would just drop down a text field. I can type into it, fill in some metadata, and it does the publishing with this script. I'm hoping I can get a little bit higher level than what I have right now, which is kind of a pile of scripts that launches BB Edit which doesn't handle text bundles all that well at the moment. Um, so we'll see. I think it'd be, it'd be fun to build out a suite of tools that could make this stuff easier. Um, because at some point, I would, I would like to see if I could release like a good text bundle editing app, because I think it's, there's space for that somewhere in the market. But we'll see. So, so what I'm hearing is that your system's getting easier, and so we should expect to see more blog posts from you in the very near future. Yes, yes. I'm not committing to do it every day in November because whenever I commit to stuff like that, something falls apart and it doesn't happen. But I am committing to increasing the frequency of posts. All right, that's cool. I hope you follow through on it because I've enjoyed a lot of your posts. Awesome. Well, this has been fun. Yeah, it's it's good to be back in town and catch up with you, and I'm looking catch forward up to catching up with in a couple weeks. Exactly. So we'll see you all in a couple weeks at Xcoders. All right. Goodbye. Bye.